Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, my name is Pete Buttigieg. I'm the Secretary of Transportation. And I'm Justin Buttigieg. And my husband is the Secretary of Transportation. And I don't care what that Miller Frost says. I am not some low-rank queen from Indiana. I am the future First Lady of the United States of America. Justin, we're not quite there yet. I'll be the new Jackie Kennedy. Justin, we're not quite there yet. But like you said, after creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer throws out Queen Kamala and puts you in as vice president, and after you put creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, retire his old demented ass to a memory unit, then I'll be the first lady. Chastin, that's not what I said. Well, that's what I heard, Pete. Well, that's not what I said. Ugh! Well, that's what I heard, Peter. Okay, Chastin. Well, we're here today to wish Miller Frost and White Boy Malcolm X a happy 100th podcast. And we would have been here earlier, but somebody, I'm not going to mention who, but somebody thinks all the highways are racist. So we had to take all the back roads to get here. Highways are racist, Chastin. And back roads, Peter, are full of potholes because somebody doesn't know how to get a road paved. Well, now that the infrastructure bill has passed, We'll be able to get all those non-racist roads fixed. But we still won't have any infrastructure money to remodel all the gay bars in Washington, D.C. or the state of Indiana. That will be in the Build Back Better bill that just passed the House. Ugh! Promises, promises, Peter. Kind of like that promise you made that you quit riding that stupid bicycle one stupid block to show everyone how green you are. When everyone knows that you don't even bother to recycle. Kind of like that promise you made that you get rid of all those cheap suits you got. Like the one you're wearing right now. So I wouldn't have to keep going to the dry cleaners all the time. Hit all those potholes between our house and that dry cleaner that you also promised you take care of. Peter, your promises aren't worth jack. Okay then, you two. <laughs> Man, get the hell off my podcast. Folks, I am... Man, I am embarrassed. I I apologize. I invited those Buttigieg girls onto this podcast to wish us a happy 100th podcast. But what did we get like we always get with the Buttigieg girls? Those two bickering and arguing nonstop. I should have known that's on me. My bad. And not that you need it, but this is the Miller Frost podcast. I am your host. Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And I hope everyone out there is having a grand gay old time this Thanksgiving weekend. I know you racists out there who go shopping on Black Friday. You are definitely having a grand gay old time with the holiday sales. And probably some lighthearted fisticuffs at your local Walmart. Most likely, I suspect, over a TV or iPhone. Although, oddly enough, I haven't really seen much of that in the news the last couple of days. You know how lazy all the good woke journalists are these days. They're too busy trashing Thanksgiving as racist, a white supremacist holiday if there ever was one, to bother with the lecture on greed and consumption. Don't you worry though, folks. They're dusting off their annual How Destructive the Holidays Are to the Planet Stories for next weekend. And before we jump into the program, we do have someone else who would like to send us their very best wishes on our 100th podcast. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our Summit Mistress. For those of you who are regular listeners, you have heard me talking about the Summit Mistress 
talking to the summit mistress. And now you get to hear the summit mistress talk back to us. Hi, everyone. It's summit mistress here. Just tuning in to say how excited I am about the hundredth episode. I'm going to be very nice because being a super straight capital W woman, I need to watch all my P's and Q's. White boy, Malcolm X, don't you roll your eyes at me. I will also try not to annoy queens with clipboards, although I know that is a very difficult task. I absolutely love this Star Wars bar of a tribe that you two have created. It's so great that we can all be together in one place with this podcast. However, I'm especially uber grateful that you two are keeping us woke and out of re-education camps. Living in a small town, I really need to be updated so I can use the correct pronouns and not be sent away. I just want to give a special shout out to two of my faves, Pete and Chastin. I love you guys and your new babies. You are both just incredibly adorable, and it's been great to listen in on a part of your life. But this is about the 100th episode of the show. Miller, can you actually believe it? I am so proud of you two and the fact that you are still working together. You guys have come a long way since the days of wandering Daisy and Breckenridge. Insert big smile here. I wish you guys all the best and look forward to the next 100th episodes. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Bye. Well, that was very nice of her, White Boy Malcolm X. I have to say, even if she did mention those Buttigieg girls who wrecked the beginning of this podcast, I thought it was a very nice greeting. Thoughts, sir? Touching. That is the best you have to say. You need a tissue. (laughs) Man, you are pushing your luck. Summit Mistress will pimp slap you. You keep up that kind of snark. But thank you, Summit Mistress, for your warm greetings, your well wishes on our 100th podcast. It was very touching. It was very heartwarming. And I will slap White Boy Malcolm X later on after the show. So let's go ahead and jump into our news headlines. And this first one is from Pink News. Those girls over at Pink News. Google literally erases bisexuals and pansexuals in woeful LGBT plus glossary. So apparently, folks, Google News Initiative, they announced a project in partnership with Video Out, and that's called LGBTQ plus language, a media literacy program. And what that is, folks, is a glossary of 100 words that uses Google Trends to track the popularity of LGBT plus terms and was created with the help of queer PhD linguists. And I can only imagine how much fun it was working with them. And according to Google's press release, quote, it's a way to understand the LGBTQ plus community and hopefully it will transform the way journalists and all of us write and talk about LGBTQ plus people. Not that they're trying to control the language or anything. Like, for example, the definition of a woman. In the old days, back in the Stone Age, one of the ways you could define a woman was by the hardware. Did they have, for example, a hoo-hoo? These days, though, you can have a huge piece of man meat between your legs and you can still be a woman. That is perfectly normal. That is perfectly acceptable. And if that bothers you folks, you are going to get yourself a first-class ticket on a train to a re-education camp to get your mind right. But I guess when Google was working on this, again, folks, with the help of queer PhD linguists, they accidentally left out the word bisexual and pansexual. But what is a pansexual? That's just a snooty bisexual, a distinction without difference. And of course, this being the tribe, our lovable Star Wars Barva tribe, the bisexual folks out there, they got quite a bit butthurt about that. For example, video producer Travis Mannon, whoever that is, he, she, they, Zier, folks, if Travis is a member of the tribe, again, our lovable Star Wars Barva tribe, God knows what Travis's pronouns are. Even if he's bisexual, that does not preclude him from having super special 
funky pain-in-the-ass pronouns. But Travis had this to say about that. I'd say the omission of by erasure in your comprehensive LGBTQ plus glossary is glaring. But Google News Initiative actually illustrated the point quite articulately by leaving out bisexual entirely. Google has yet to respond to this. But of course, those folks over at Video Out, they went on to Instagram to grab the ankles and grovel. And this is what they had to say. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. Not that they mean that. Truthfully, we left many words off. Some intentionally because the project was devised to consist of only 100 terms at launch and some unintentionally like bisexual. We're actively working with our team and partners to correct this. And they went on, folks. One more paragraph. We hate that you took the time to visit the glossary and felt left out. That is the opposite emotion we want the glossary to elicit. It takes a village, and we appreciate all the responses, positive and negative, that lead to this resource becoming better and better. Now that, folks, that is some good old-fashioned ass-kissing right there. And White Boy Malcolm X, I did not go on to this glossary of 100 words to see if any of our words were there. Did you, sir? Did you happen to do that? No. So if I went on there and they didn't have words like queen or fairy or princess, maybe faggot or priss, if I didn't see all those words on there, maybe I could be just as butthurt as video producer Travis Manon was when he saw that bisexual or bi erasure, neither of those made the list. Now, I know that I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but this is why China and Russia, and the rest of the world for that matter, this is why they laugh at us on an almost daily basis. The Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians, they're focused on regional hegemony or world domination, and we're having a meltdown because the word bisexual is accidentally left out of a woke gay glossary. This is also what you get when everyone out there has to have their own special sexual orientation, their own special gender identity, their own super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns. 100 words, folks. That cannot cover all the different, funky, pain-in-the-ass combinations you folks have out there. Not everyone is going to make the list. So to me, not including bisexuals isn't such a big deal, even if it triggers them. And you bisexuals out there, you do need to realize something. You are, technically speaking, you're only a part-time member of the tribe. Our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. You're kind of like a part-time employee. You're not technically benefits eligible, but we still give them to you anyway. So you get to run around bragging that you're LGBTQ+. But everyone knows, at the end of the day, that you only do it when it's convenient for you. You do it when you want to seem edgy and cool to all your stupid friends. So I wouldn't, personally, I would not act all hysterical and super butthurt over this. Not until you're fully ready to commit. Otherwise, take what you can get and show some appreciation. This next one is for all you virgin pajama boys living in your parents' basement. Iron up that sex doll in the corner. Playing with yourselves, your Pokemon cards, your Playstations. Masturbating to Marvel films. Masturbating to DC Comics. Masturbating to whatever the hell is posted on Reddit this week. Freaking out your parents, freaking out the neighbors. This story is for you. Giant freaking robot. Robert Downey Jr.'s replacement as lead character for Marvel has been named. So now that Robert Downey Jr., his tenure as Tony Stark or Iron Man, now that that is done, those super nerds over at Marvel, they need a new lead character. Someone for all the other Avengers to rally behind. And so I guess, with that as an agenda, Avengers Endgame co-director Joe Russo, he told GQ that Tom Holland, that's the kid that plays Spider-Man, that Tom Holland is set to replace Robert Downey Jr., 
as the soul of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And apparently, according to this story by Giant Freaking Robot, the director was discussing how Marvel has been slowly grooming Holland to take over from Robert Downey Jr. And this is what Avengers Endgame co-director Joe Russo had to say. Tom is stepping into the role that Robert Downey Jr. once occupied for Marvel, which is the favorite character and in a lot of ways, the soul of the Marvel Universe. So Tom Holland, Spider-Man, is going to replace Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, as the soul of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't even know where to begin with that hot mess. But it's me, folks, Miller Frost, so I will try. First off, what is this crap about grooming Tom Holland? Sounds a bit like Kevin Spacey, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, with the grooming thing. What is he, like a 15-year-old teenage boy you gotta groom into the role? Second thing, Spider-Man is supposed to be the new favorite character. Now, it just might be me, but my woke sensibilities are just not comfortable with this. And you folks know how woke I am. I am the most woke person that I know. And those good liberals at Marvel, they've been trying to act pretty woke as of late. They have, for the most part, cleared out the field of white heterosexual men. Thor, that's now a white chick. Captain America is now BIPOC. Iron Man, they just tossed him away, killed off the character. The only people using Iron Man suits are women and BIPOC. And not just any woman, folks. Gwyneth Paltrow, and if you ever want to know what her hoo-hoo smells like, she has a candle for that. So those three are gone, and what you got left? Doctor Strange, that's played by well-renowned gay-for-pay actor Benedict Cumberbatch. So he's white, but he plays gay characters a lot, that's okay. Apparently, even though he plays gay characters, they didn't want to groom him. No. The best they can do is some twinky white kid as the new favorite character. The soul of the Marvel Universe, which, let's face it, folks, is way too many people's main universe. They could care less about what goes on in the real world, in the real universe, than they do with what's happening in the Marvel Universe. But those good woke folk over at Marvel, they couldn't pick a BIPOC guy or a woman. And again, folks, with or without an actual hoo-hoo. No, they pick some pocket queen, some gaby as the soul of the Marvel Universe. Yes, gaby, white boy Malcolm X. Well, I mean, I could be wrong, but I just assume he's a closet case after that article we had a few months back. You gotta remember that one, sir. That's the one where they called him a song and dance man. Folks, if somebody calls you a song and dance man, they're basically calling you a queen. Not that he'd be a bad addition to the tribe. Our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. But he's another one that, maybe possibly, will be playing closet peekaboo along with Harry Styles and AJKJ Appa if this keeps up. So Tom, good luck with being the soul of the Marvel Universe. I don't envy you that, princess, because now all the weird fanboys, fangirls, fan non-binary folk out there are going to put you under a microscope. Going to have huge rage fits on Reddit if you don't live up to their expectations. My advice, grab the money while you can, then get out before the mob turns on you. And in the meantime, you have fun with that. Well, before we jump into our next story, we would like to also welcome to the podcast as if those Buttigieg girls weren't bad enough, we would like to welcome Megan McCain to the Miller Frost podcast. Megan, great to see you again. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I think we're both doing just great. 100 podcasts. Unbelievable that we hit that. Kind of crazy. Not as crazy as how delicious those nachos and chicken fingers in the green room were. 
Thank you so much for getting those for me. Well, I know how much you enjoy them. That's so sweet of you. Oh, I brought you something for your 100th podcast. Really? What did you get us? Here. Oh, it's another coloring book. It's my second autobiography. Megan, you have two autobiographies, and you're not even 40. Eh, I'm a millennial. We're important like that. I'll probably do another one soon. Will it also be a coloring book? Oh, yes. I do all the drawings myself. I'm smart like that. Yes, princess, that you are. Eh, I'm like Socrates. That's why Fox News is always quoting me and stuff. That they are. Did you know that my mommy is a U.S. ambassador? I did hear that, yes. She got that fancy title for supporting Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer. Like you did. Eh, Donald Trump is a meanie. Did Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer get you anything? Eh, no, but I hate him now. Really? Why is that? Eh, because Fox News told me to. They give me a lot of money to say how much he sucks. Okay then, Megan. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for that delightful coloring book. Enjoy the nachos and chicken fingers. Eh, you're all out. I wonder why that is. I might have to go to the Cheesecake Factory to get me some dessert. Their cheesecakes are delicious. What's your favorite? Eh, all of them. What do you think you'll get today? Eh, all of them. Okay, Megan. Well, thanks again for stopping by. You have fun with that. For the life of me, White Boy Malcolm X, I do not know why we keep inviting that woman back. Now, her coloring book autobiographies, they're pretty nice, don't get me wrong. But she comes in here, eats us out of nachos and chicken fingers, gets that queen with the clipboard all pissed off, and then she just runs off. But at least she's gone, so let's move on. This next one is from the New York Post. Woman left in tears after date allegedly sends her home over her outfit. And the woman left in tears, folks. Her name is Nikki Jabs. And Nikki starts seeing this guy. His name is Greg, and he works in retail. And they had a date for some grand opening at whatever retail store he works at. And she shows up in a black long sleeve crop top and pink paper bag trousers. And no, folks, I have zero idea if paper bag trousers are actually made out of paper bags. So they have this date. She shows up wearing that outfit. He gets one look at it, and he's like, no, just no. I'll pay for the Uber. Off you go. So what does this dopey millennial Gen Z chick do? She decides to pull a Bella Hadid. But instead of going on Instagram, she goes on TikTok to shed her white women's tears about what happened. And she doesn't do just one of those Grandma Madonna routines. Oh, look at me, look at me. No. She does a few of those to bitch about that closet case Queen Greg. And before you say anything, white boy Malcolm X, yes, closet case Queen. And I'll get to that in a second. But to make matters worse, as if that's not bad enough, She does one of those to some dopey Taylor Swift song, something called All Too Well, which apparently has the lyrics F the patriarchy. F the patriarchy, that's what rich white women like to say to show how down for the struggle they are on women's rights. Ladies, if I may, and especially to you, Nikki, I have a few thoughts for you. Number one, Don't date a closet case queen. You meet a nice guy and he works in retail. He's gay and you're the beard of the week. Run for the hills. Number two, when you're going out with someone and that guy, that gal, that non-binary folk you're seeing does something crappy to you, for Christmas sake, do your best to retain a shred of dignity. Going on to... Instagram or TikTok and shedding your white women's tears over this. Jesus Christmas. No, I take that back. 
I heard an even better one. Jesus on a jet ski. Other than the weirdos who couldn't get a date if their life depended on it, everyone else is laughing at you. At least the white people are. BIPOC, they're probably like, oh God, here goes another white chick acting hysterical on social media. You want to talk about a first world problem, a white people problem, it's having a gay guy tell you that you dress like a loser and to go away. And I'm telling you to go away as well, but for your own good. Honey, you think this will make you famous, and it is, but not the way you hope. But in the meantime, since I know, Nikki, that you won't listen to anything I have to say, you have fun with that. From the Atlantic, we live by a time that doesn't make sense. The seven-day week has survived for millennia, despite attempts to make it less chaotic. And this article, folks, was written by Joe Pinsker, another moron millennial who thinks that because millennials are disruptors, oh, we got rid of napkins and casual dining restaurants and breakfast cereal. Another blooming idiot who thinks that if they can take out Applebee's, that they can take out the calendar on top of that. And this is why, reason 6,578, that people continue to roll their eyes at these brats. And this is also why we don't care much about this. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Yahoo Finance, student loans in England put psychological burden on the young, says Think Tank. People also spoke about feelings of anxiety, pressure, worry, and dread about the ever-present and growing debt hanging over them. You brats in your student loans. To quote an hysterical white chick, boo boo Who signed the loan papers? You did. Yes, I know. Thanks to education these days, you probably can't do basic math or English. They're both racist anyway. But you were the one who signed up for that. Who made the decision to go to a fancy private school with a six-figure annual tuition? You did. It's not my fault you're overly insecure and need that sort of worthless prestige to make you feel better about yourself. That, again, is all on you. Who made the decision to get a BIPOC studies, women's studies, LGBTQ plus studies degree? You did. That's not my fault. Those degrees are only valid if you want to supervise a shift at a Starbucks. You all put yourself in this mess. So if you want to cry and complain about the psychological burden that you're having to face with these student loans, That is all on you. You can try to shuffle off your debt to the rest of us, but you're the idiot and the only idiot who put you in that place. From Newsweek, Les Snitch trends as anger grows over LeBron James ejecting fans from game. So I guess last Wednesday, when the LA Lakers were playing the Indiana Pacers, there were two people in the stands that were heckling woke LeBron James. And woke LeBron James, just like any sanctimonious woke folk out there, he was not going to put up with that. He's woke LeBron James. How dare anyone say anything to him 
much less heckle him. So woke LeBron James, he got one of the referees to toss those two right out. Banish them from the game. But don't you worry, folks. They were white, and tossing Whitey out of the game, that's okay. That's just fine. Pack a racist, anyway, for mocking woke LeBron James. To me, it's a hair ironic, because I've seen a number of stories where woke LeBron James, down for the struggle, goes after people on Twitter. Just a week or two ago, woke LeBron James, he went after Kyle Rittenhouse after Kyle broke down on the stand, talking about that night he killed those two men and injured that dopey other guy in self-defense. Kid is 18 years old and woke LeBron James, multi-millionaire sports athlete of privilege, woke LeBron James. He thought it was just fine to punch down, so to speak, and mock this poor white kid for crying on the stand. That's okay. Perfectly okay. But when somebody mocks him, Mr. Referee, Mr. Referee, those white people over there making fun of me. I'm woke LeBron James. I'm down for the struggle. I want you to throw them out for being meanies. Okay, LeBron, you want to act like a little tattletale, act like a little bitch, all butthurt because someone gave you a taste of what you like to dish out. You are a sad little man with very thin skin. Not that I'm surprised. All the good woke folk out there are just like you. Can dish it out, but can't take it. And I suspect, folks, now that people know just how sensitive La Snitch really is, the pylon will begin here soon. And LeBron, you have fun with that. So before we jump into our next story, we do have another guest here on the Miller Frost podcast, a very special guest, and the person, the queen, that put all this together. He has a pen, he has a clipboard, and he most certainly lives his life by checking boxes to get things done. So here he is, our very own queen with a clipboard. Welcome, queen, to the Miller Frost podcast. I see that. Yet again, I had to come in here after Megan McCain. Yes, well, she's a very important person, and I believe she had to run back to Fox News for something or other. Well, if you were hoping to get nachos or chicken fingers in the green room, they're all gone. Check that box. They're done. Yeah, I figured as much. Ugh, and this room smells just like Megan McCain nacho and chicken finger farts. Let me check that box as well. Well, Queen, I just wanted to say thank you. I really appreciate how much work you put into making this a great 100th podcast. I know that's a backhanded compliment. No, not at all. Kind of like Gus Kentworthy calling Colton Underwood a really sweet guy. I know a bitchy Queen when I hear something like that. Well, yes. Technically, that was kind of bitchy of... Gus Kentworthy to say that about new gaby Colton Underwood. Someone call me a really sweet guy. I'd take this pen, I'd take this clipboard, and I'd beat them to death. Nobody is going to talk to me like that. Duly noted, Queen. But you're welcome, Miller. I don't care if you two are nothing but a couple of old, sad, has-been queens. I will come over here any day to check boxes for your podcast. Even with Megan McCain, nacho and chicken finger farts all up in here. Well, thank you, Queen. I'd almost like to call you a really sweet guy for saying that. Don't push your luck, bitch. Okay, Queen. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. For a second there, folks, I thought I was about to be beat to death by a clipboard. But let's move on. Oh, God. I don't even know why I'm doing this one. But our next story is from Queerty. Those girls over at Queerty. Study finds homophobic guys who have gay sex aren't doing so well. And the study in question here, folks, was published in the journal Archives of Sexual Behavior, which, as a random aside, I bet that's some really good reading. But in that study, folks, 
they found that men who have sex with other men while harboring homophobic views about same-sex relationships, those folks can be pretty unhappy with themselves. And what they did with the study was that they asked participants if they had had sex with someone of the same sex over the past year, what their general level of happiness was, and to what extent they felt same-sex relationships are wrong. And leave it to Queerty, those girls over at Queerty, to get snitty about this. First off, I don't think that people who believe same-sex relationships are immoral are necessarily homophobic. But I guess that all depends on how you want to define homophobic or being a homophobe. What's the definition of a homophobe? Pretty much anything you want it to be. Kind of like the definition of a transphobe. What is a transphobe? And we know, folks, from this podcast that a transphobe can be pretty much anyone who does not agree 100% at all times with what the good woke folk in the transgender community want. If, for example, you come out and you say, I am Miller Frost, I am a big old queen. Well, hopefully you're not using my name, but whatever. But if you say that and you say, I like men and I like my man with original hardware. I'm a gay man. I'm attracted to other men. But according to the good woke transgender folks, saying something like that, that is transphobic. What I'm supposed to do is like anyone who calls themselves a man. So if I've got a man there and he's got a hoo-hoo, if I don't say, man, I like that hoo-hoo, I am a transphobe. And yes, folks, I know that's kind of nutty, but I got enough first-class tickets on a train to a re-education camp to get my mind right. The last thing I need is another one. Second, people who are in this position, they are generally speaking under a lot of emotional distress. Being gay, just like white boy Malcolm X and I are, that is hardwired in. And especially if you've been raised a certain way or you're living somewhere that it might not be totally accepted. Or, now that I think about it, you're just insecure and you feel like you have to conform to what everyone else is doing, I can see where this would drive you to be really anxious and depressed. If you're wired to be gay and you don't want to be gay, although, like I always say, folks, I thank God every day that I'm gay, I feel bad for those people. I really do. And for Queerty, those girls over at Queerty, to mock and ridicule them as homophobic that just shows how bitchy and clueless those queens really are. It's either that or they were once like that and are full of self-loathing for having been like that, so they attack people who are in that position now. Journalists, they love to project their own crap onto other people. I was lucky. I really didn't go through a whole lot of this. Not that I can really remember. To me, it was just like, eh, it is as it is. Once I figured out I was a big old queen, I was like, I am a big old queen. No hiding it anyway. And I have to say, I have known a couple of people in this position. I feel bad for them. I really do. I know a guy around here, and white boy Malcolm X, you know who I'm talking about. He's widowed with a kid. He will never come out of the closet. Ever. He and I talk. I think I'm his part-time therapist. If that doesn't scare you folks, nothing will. But he will live his life hooking up with other guys just like him. Terrified of coming out of the closet for whatever reason. They're married with kids. Terrified of what their family will say. Terrified of losing their social standing or whatever. What? A hypocrite? Are you calling me a hypocrite, sir? Why would you do something like that? On my podcast, my 100th podcast, sir, why would you call me a hypocrite? The bisexuals? The pansexuals? Well, that's different, white boy Malcolm X. That is... Yes, that is... God. Yes, sir. That is totally different. First off, the kid's doing it these days. Oh, I'm a bisexual. Oh, I'm a pansexual. I would say for the most part, they're doing it to be 
super special and unique. Even if them and all their stupid friends are doing it, they have to feel special and unique. And the bisexual men, since you bring that up, let's face it, to me, they're just easing into it a bit. They're really gay. They just can't fully commit. Kind of like, kind of like Ronan Rubenstein, our favorite bisexual here on the Millifrost podcast. Speaking of Ronan Rubenstein, though, folks, we did two stories on Ronan Rubenstein coming out as a bisexual. I posted both of those clips up on YouTube and Rumble. That second one, where I'm reading a story about Ronan Rubenstein and his girlfriend, Sarah Jessica Parker, Parker Kennedy. I don't know what this chick's name is. But that thing on YouTube, man, that's getting some hits. It's probably Ronan listening to it over and over again. How dare he mock me as a closet case homosexual. Okay there, Ronan. As long as you like it, though. But anyway, you kids out there, whatever your flavor, you have fun with that. And for our last story, we have a golden oldie, a smoking gun story. Man beaten after catching boyfriend humping their dog, police report. Upon discovering his boyfriend humping their dog, a Florida man, of course, was beaten and threatened with a knife by his beau, police allege. According to an arrest report, the 58-year-old victim told cops that he caught John Miller, 33, engaged with a canine inside their home in Milton, a city outside Pensacola. So a 58-year-old got himself a little 33-year-old boy toy. Miller and the victim have been dating for approximately five years and lived together, cops reported. And no, folks, that's not me. The victim said that when he confronted Miller, okay, I can't do that. Sorry, folks, I am not going to read my own name. We'll just call him, well, his name is John. We'll just call him John. The victim said that when he confronted John about the alleged November 11th dog humping, John began punching him in the head and body. A sheriff's deputy, a poor beleaguered sheriff's deputy in Florida, noted that the victim had a fresh cut on his neck and red marks on his chest. The victim's 88-year-old mother, who owns the Milton home, said she witnessed John pummeling her son and destroying items in the residence. John's boyfriend told cops that before John fled the home, he grabbed a knife and threatened to stab and kill him. After John was subsequently located by police, he claimed that his boyfriend had attacked him in the garage with a metal rod of some kind. The attack, John claimed, began after he caught his boyfriend looking at boys in their underwear on Instagram. John was arrested and booked into the Santa Rosa County Jail on aggravated assault, domestic battery, and criminal mischief charges, which I assume, folks, are all misdemeanors. He is being held in lieu of $7,000 bond and is scheduled to be arraigned on December 9th. So, White Boy Malcolm X, I do have a question for you, sir. Is it just me, or is that story a bit weird? Guy comes home finds this guy humping their dog. They get into it. Then this guy, John Miller, tries to throw him under the bus with this twink thing on Instagram. Does that make sense to you, sir? Or should we maybe possibly explore this via a reenactment? I suspect it, sir. I suspect it as much. Let's go with the reenactment. So to begin our story, folks, let us set the stage for this latest smoking gun drama. We have a 53-year-old queen. We'll call him Queen. He gets himself a 27-year-old boy toy, John Miller. They have been together for about five years. Queen is now 58. John Miller, he's now 33. They live with Queen's mama. We'll call her Mama. They also have a dog. Now, if it's two queens, it's probably a little rat dog, like a chihuahua or something nasty like that. And for the sake of this story, that dog will call Yippie. So picture it, folks. A lovely day in Milton, Florida, just outside of Pensacola. Our protagonist, Queen, he is out and about one day. 
probably went to a Walmart. It is Florida, after all. Out running errands and heads home. I suspect, folks, again, because it's Florida, it's probably a trailer park. So he comes home. Nobody's about. He suspects Mama. She's really old anyway. She's in her 80s. She's probably taking a nap. But he does hear something a little bit of, he's not quite sure what it is, but it sounds like it's coming from his bedroom. So he goes down the hall and the noise keeps getting louder. And he's thinking to himself, what the hell is that noise? Kind of sounds like Yippie, but Yippie on a bouncing ball. So he opens the bedroom and there is John Miller. There is Yippie. There is John Miller humping Yippie. And John and Yippie, folks, those two are going at it like Colton Underwood and half the queens in Provincetown when he went over there with Gus Kentworthy whoring about. John Miller and Yippie are going at it just like that. Queen, Queen is standing there, kind of in shock, going, what the what? Oh my God, my boyfriend's banging my chihuahua. And so he's like, John, what the hell are you doing? John's like, ugh, I'm banging Yippie. Yippie was horny. So was I. We're making love. I thought we had an open relationship. Queen is like, what the hell? That does not include the family dog. Are you going to bang my mother next? John's like, well, I was kind of thinking about it, but Yippie was here. Yippie was horny. I took care of that first. But if your mother was like, I want to have sex, I can't guarantee that I wouldn't say no. And folks, they get into it Huge at that point. They get into it so big, they woke up mama. And that woman, folks, is 80-something years old. She wouldn't hear a nuclear bomb if that went off down the street. But she can definitely hear two queens arguing. And so they're arguing, folks, and suddenly, John's had enough. Nobody is going to question him making sweet love to that dog. So he looks at Queen, and he throws a punch. Bam! That felt good to John. He did it again. Bam! Mama's there in the hallway going, Ah! Ah! You're punching my son! Stop! John, of course, was not going to listen to that old bag. He didn't care if she paid all the rent. He was not going to put up with that. He punched John again. Bam! Mama was like, I'm calling Popo, you don't stop! So John, he was kind of over-punching him anyway. He ran and grabbed himself a knife. He pointed it right over there at Queen. I'm going to stab and kill you. Your mama called Popo. You break up me making love to the dog again. And then John, he ran away. So Queen and Mama, they pick up the phone. They call Popo. 911, what's your emergency? Queen is like, I came home after a hectic day shopping at the Walmart. They were having a two-for-one special. That place was a mob scene. 911 operator's like, oh, yes, sir. I totally agree with you there. But what's your emergency? Well, I came home and I heard a noise. So I went down to my bedroom. And I opened up the door. And my boyfriend, my boy toy, he was making sweet love to our chihuahua. Oh, my heavens. Is that what you're reporting? Well, yes, but he also, he got mad at me, started punching me. He got a knife, threatened to kill me. Oh, that's horrible, said the 911 operator. We will definitely send Popo right out. So Popo shows up, gets the police report. They put out an APB on John Miller. And of course, this being Florida, Popo... They are, they are wise on the ways of criminals. Stupid criminals especially, and what is the state of Florida? Full of stupid criminals. So it's pretty easy to find John Miller. And so they find him, and Popo's like, You, sir, were you humping your dog? Did you punch your daddy boyfriend? Did you threaten him with a knife? John's like, Popo, Popo, what the what? That's just crazy talk. Do I look like the kind of guy that would sodomize a dog, punch his daddy boyfriend, threaten him with a knife? Popo's like, well, yes, actually, you do. You kind of look like all of that, and I'm sure I can think of a couple other things. Well, Popo, said John, let me tell you what really happened. And let me say this, officer. No dog rape, no punching, no knifing. I, officer, I was out shopping at the Walmart. Do you know how crazy a Walmart is when they have two-for-one specials? Popo's like, oh, my God. You're telling me, girlfriend. Whenever a Walmart does a two-for-one special, half the force is out there trying to break those clowns up. 
We actually, let me tell you something, John, just between you and I, we actually get half our police reports written up, pre-printed with Walmart as the location. That's how bad we know about Walmart. But sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. John's like, well, I came home from that. I was just exasperated and exhausted. And I wanted to complain to my beau, my daddy beau. I wanted to tell him about my horrible day. Well, he wasn't in the house, so I went out to find him in the garage. He was there in the garage, and he was staring at his phone. And I'm like, Daddy Queen, what are you watching on your phone? Daddy Queen was like, I'm looking at boys in their underwear on Instagram. And I was like, well, if you're into 12-year-old boy bodies like Timothée Chalamet, maybe we should watch Dune and you can masturbate to that. Papa was like, hmm, tell me more. So John was like, well, I don't think he liked that comment very much, Popo, because you know what he did next? Popo was like, no, what? He picked up a metal rod and he tried to attack me. Popo was like, a metal rod? What kind? John's like, I don't know, Popo. I'm not one of those fancy scientists in the metal. A metallurgist. I can't even spell that. Popo, though, folks, remember, again, they're Popo in Florida. They've seen it all. They've heard it all. And that popo, folks, they were not buying what John Miller was selling. So popo said, Mr. Miller, John, we do not believe your story about your boyfriend checking out Twinkie Boys on Instagram in the garage. You, sir, smell like a dog in heat. So therefore, we are going to arrest you for aggravated assault for banging that dog, domestic battery, for beating up your daddy queen like that, and criminal mischief charges for trashing mama's house. End of story. So White Boy Macamex, does that solve any confusion, sir? Any confusion at all that you might have over that story? Daddy queen catching his aging boy toy, raping that chihuahua, getting beat over it, mama's having to watch her house get trashed, aging boy toy trying to lie his way out of that. Did I clear everything up, sir? With that reimagining. Yes, as I suspected it would. So on that note, since I cannot top these two queens and their competing stories of nuttiness in the state of Florida, dog raping, daddy queen assaulting, mama house trashing nuttiness, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this 100th podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.